Welcome to the Strategy Session Podcast, where ASI's editors provide tips and tactics to help promotional product professionals improve their businesses. In every episode, we go one-on-one with a business strategy expert to gather winning insights. The conversations are sure to be insightful and entertaining. Hi, welcome to the Strategy Session Podcast. I'm Chris Ruvo, Senior Writer for ASI's Advantages Magazine. Today, we're lucky to be speaking with Diane Ciotta. Di is a renowned sales trainer and keynote speaker with decades experience helping salespeople reach the next level. She's been featured in more than 60 magazines and co-authored a book, Pushing to the Front, with motivational speaker Brian Tracy. Di, thanks for taking a few minutes to speak with us today. Thank you, Chris. All right, well, let's jump right into these questions here. You passionately advance the idea that integrity sells. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, I think about ourselves as customers. You know, it's really the same principle. None of us ever want to be taken advantage of. We don't want to be sold something that isn't appropriate for us. And so why, as a self-professional, should we be treating our customers any differently than that? You know, we have to always remember that the relationship is key and that it's really, really important that we build that relationship. You know, as time goes by and we spend a lot of years in the sales world, we realize that customers will at times come and go. And we can always replace a customer, but the truth is when it comes to our credibility, that's something we can never get back. So it's really important that it's integrity first and that we're doing the right thing to meet the needs of our customers and not what happens so often is focusing on our own needs to make a sale for recognition or for the, for the uh, compensation that comes with making that sale, but really rather to make sure we're doing the right thing for the customer in the end. And that is always going to come back to us tenfold. Gotcha. Now, you, you'd mentioned in there that, that uh, about being in the sales industry for a while, and, and another consequence of that sometimes is, is complacency. And you yeah. actually called complacency the next biggest national crisis. You know, why and how does that apply to salespeople? You know, that's kind of a strong statement, but I stand behind it, and um, I see it a lot, and I think that we have to really catch ourselves. I mean, there's a couple things. There's really two sides to that statement, and one of them is the obvious conveniences. You know, this world as a society, we're becoming so much more electronic, and those conveniences are terrific, but there's a time and a place for them. In cases where we have an existing client and a fantastic relationship, and they're satisfied, and, and all is well, there's really no reason that we can't take it advantage of some of those opportunities to communicate electronically. But not only um, as a, a person that works with sales executives to keep them you know, as productive as possible, but also as a business owner, I am contacted so often via email without ever having met or heard of this person. And it's just, it's a shame because it's causing this level of almost laziness. I hate to say it, but, but there's email blasts that go out. And, you know, if I, I'm busy like every other business owner that, that is my customer and customers of the, of the self-professionals I work with, you know, they don't always have time to respond right away to an email. And it's amazing the number of times I never get a follow-up. I never get a call back. I never get a, you know, hey, reached out to you. Um, I mean, there's even been times I've even reached out to sales professionals as a business owner looking to purchase a product or service, and, and I don't even get a follow-up to that, and, mm-hmm. I, and I've identified myself as a potential customer. So there is a, a complacency that sets in because of these conveniences, so we need to use them in a way that works to our advantage to be productive and, and time efficient, but not so that it replaces the opportunity of building the relationship. The second side of that is this instant gratification mentality that, that is so 
um, it's such a cancer today. So it, I see that it becomes kind of this I want I want this sale and I want it now kind of thing. And, and, and this business doesn't always work that way, you know, because so much of the sale is made based on the relationship, and, and the relationship takes time. There's just no shortcut to that in a lot of cases. So uh, that's why I say that, and I think it's, it's, it's important for us to stay aware of that as we, you know, proceed in our calls and contacting and following up. I got you. Now, um, you have another saying that that I like, you say, uh, that um, activity drives productivity, and, and that seems like it would sort of be the, the anecdote to, to complacency. So for, for salespeople, what, is, what does that mean? You know, it means, um, like in my time management program, I always use the term primetime productivity because time management is so cliche. You know, we can focus so much on work-related tasks that take us away from revenue-producing activities, and that's the key. You know, there's a lot of uh, time dedicated to things that could really be rationalized or justified. You know, we spend time online uh, looking at, at, uh, at a potential prospect's business uh, website. We, we put sales pieces together. Even for outside reps, uh, you know, this windshield time, you know, driving from client to client. It's like, well, hey, you know, I had to go 20 minutes to that customer. I get that. But we have to always be looking at every activity we're doing from a primetime productivity standpoint so that it's revenue-producing as opposed to just doing a task that's work-related. Nobody's questioning if it's, if it's not something for the job. It's a matter of making sure that that activity produces the result that we're looking for. So, you know, I say this, too, about rationalizing. You know, when I can rationalize, the problem with that is that, you know, that's really nothing more than telling ourselves rational lies. Mm -hmm. So if we can sell ourselves on something, right, we can sell anybody. So it's a matter of looking at ourselves and saying, okay, is this the, the, the best use of my time right now? And if not, what should I be doing that is going to be helping me getting closer to my goal? I got you. Now, um, you know, to achieve those goals, accountability is very important. And I know that's, yeah. that's something that you stress. Can you just discuss exactly what that means, what accountability is in action for, for a salesperson? Absolutely. Accountability is, is absolutely key. You know, um, there's a saying, and this is, you know, almost from a management level, that it's like inspect what we expect. And, and I disagree with that. And here, here's why. And this may be another one of those strong statements of these a la Diane's. But, you know, I tell my clients that, that, that they're running a business, not a daycare. And, and that, that plays a part in the accountability mentality. So, of course, if that works for a business, certainly for somebody that's an independent consultant or even a self-employed person, you know, accountability is key. You, so it's a habit. It's, 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 it's like anything else in life. We have to make a commitment because a decision is only half the battle. People make decisions every day, all day long, and, and sales professionals do the same. They decide that they want to be more successful. They decide that they're going to make more contacts. They decide that they're going to follow up with somebody or call on that difficult prospect. But only until we make the commitment does the accountability take place. That's when we start taking the steps towards making the end result happen. It's initiating that process through the activity, which comes only from the accountability that we put on ourselves, And that's why I say to management, you know, you need to hire people that have that level of accountability. Forget experience. It's accountability. If they can be accountable to their actions, then they're going to be the person that doesn't have to be babysat in so many words. But, and, and again, for people that are doing it for themselves because they're not employed by a company, same rules apply. You know, let's, let's every day set ourselves up for the steps that we need to take to be accountable to make the commitment and not just make the decision.
gotcha. All right. Um, you know, in, in, in modern sales, if, if you want to achieve that success, it, it, it seems that it's so important to take um, a consultative approach. And I'm just wondering, as you see it, what are, what are some of the, the key components of a consultative approach? Well, you know, there are these key components, and I use the acronym BASIC, and, and not because it's elementary or uh, because it, it, it's not uh, a professional level of focusing, but because I want to ensure that we're not making this process more difficult than it has to be. It's serious business because we are making a difference for people in whatever we represent that we sell in a product or service but it doesn't have to be complicated. So I use the acronym BASIC and, and just with the B standing for to begin. And that really just means the first component is initiate the process. The phone doesn't ring maybe like it used to ring in some industries. I know that if I uh, set my business up just on the calls that came to me, I, I wouldn't be at the same place that I am as a business owner. And I'm sure that most sales professionals would say the same. It's the business that they initiate that really makes the biggest difference for them in their level of success as a sales professional. So B is begin, initiate, take that first step. A is to acquire needs, and that's always going to be from an open-ended question standpoint. That is a key component to the process. It's not about the customer's wants. In fact, I also often say, I don't care what people want. I care what they need, mm -hmm. but I have to I find out what they need by asking them the right questions based on the product or service that I represent. So A is acquire needs. Then S is select. You know, I, I get laughed at a lot because they say, well, you know, that's just presenting your product. No, 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 no. That's first selecting what's appropriate because most of us have multiple things that we can offer people at all different varying levels of, of investment. But what's appropriate for them? So select that and then show them the benefits of that and how it ties back to the needs that have been identified. Then we interact, which is simply just identifying whether or not there's a, a question, a concern, an objection of some kind, or if there's a buying signal that then pushes us in, of course, to the C of basic, which is to close. But remembering, we never just close a sale. We open a relationship. And that's really important. Gotcha. Now, um, when you when you're going into that for that close, so to speak, um, you know, you could encounter possible uh, objections. Yeah. What, what are some tips for proactively eliminating those? Maybe heading them off even before you, you they arise. Absolutely. Well, you just said the word. It's being proactive versus reactive. And you know, in myself, looking at other uh, people that do sales programs and present sales tips and the thousands of books that are out there available on this subject. There's books on overcoming objections or, or, or handling objections. And I think, how, how, how can a whole entire book be written just on that? Because there's so much of an opportunity for us to, as you said, eliminate them by being proactive. So in other words, we're not going to ignore the objection, but we're going to avoid it. And it all goes back to that a step of the BASIC, of the basic, acquiring the needs. When we are talking to somebody from an open-ended, open-ears standpoint, and let me say, it's just like in the same relation of what we have two ears and one mouth, we should be listening twice as much as we talk in a sales process. So we're asking questions, open-ended questions, eliciting responses from our prospects. And in that, sometimes we will hear some negativity, but it's remembering when we get negative in response to a question, that is not an objection. That is just somebody sharing with us 
where they stand, maybe part of uh, an experience they had in the past buying a similar product or service to what we represent. So we need to hear them out on that. Now we're more in tune to what it might be that caused them to be negative previously, and we can stay on top of avoiding that happening again. So being proactive in that questioning process, if we do our due diligence in identifying needs and building that relationship in the earlier part of the process, when it comes time to close, we really end up closing after the sale has already been made. It's just a formality. Gotcha. It's almost like a natural outgrowth, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gotcha. All right. I think we'll we'll close with this one, Diane, because it's it's especially relevant for – for, for, for the promotional products industry, something that uh, sellers in our industry encounter often. Um, sometimes salespeople confuse price and value. In, in your experience, how are they different, and, and why does that difference matter? Yeah, key. You know, price is what we pay for something, and value is what we get for what we pay. That's, that's really the bottom line. So, you know, when we think of ourselves again as we started as customers, what are the things that we, that we buy regularly? And, and do we go sometimes out of our way? We inconvenience ourselves and maybe even pay a little more than we would have to pay for a similar product or service elsewhere. And if so, then why do we do that? And it's because of the value that we get, either the, the relationship that we have with the person or the restaurant we go to or, or whatever that might be or it's because we feel like we're getting more quality. Somehow there's value in it, and it, it makes the impact of being worthwhile for the investment. And when we're doing that with our customers, we have to keep in mind that, you know, that's why the relationship is so key. It's a matter of focusing on our clients and not on us. It's really not about us. At the end of the day, I always say that we're really just not out there as professionals in this business of selling. We're not there to make a sale we're really there to make a difference and that is key all right what a what a great closing thought to to walk away with diane thank you for being with us today again that was sales trainer and keynote speaker diane ciata get more great insights from her at dianeciata.com that's d-i-a-n-e-c-i-o-t-t-a.com this has been the strategy session podcast i'm chris rubo thanks for listening This has been the latest episode of ASI's Strategy Session Podcast. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to asicentral.com slash podcast.